Plot Gina Reinhardt has called for a petrol excise cut from the 1st of December. And uh, just for Christmas, put it back to usual after Christmas, but the longer the better. She uh, is saying it should be a Christmas present. Not permanent, for the month, to make things easier. Dr Shane Oliver, AMP Chief Economist on the line. Shane, good morning. Thanks for your time. My pleasure, Matthew. Well, Thank you. Should this go ahead? Uh, the, the government's saying it won't, but, you know, for a month it's not going to hurt, surely. Look, it probably won't. It does cost a lot of money. There's pros and cons with all of these sorts of things. Uh, you know, the typical Australian family is paying over $1,200 a year in fuel excise. Uh, and obviously, if you can cut it, even if it's just for a month, it saves a family. If you cut it for six months, uh, like cut it in half for, say, six months, then you, um, you could save $300. Mm. Um, the only problem, of course, is that it does cost the budget. Uh, last year's fuel excise cut for six months, when it was cut in half, cost about $3 billion or thereabouts. Um, and, of course, <clears throat> the government there has to, find, has to find money elsewhere to fund uh, road maintenance and those sorts of things, which mm. is supposedly what it's used yes. for. Um, and then, of course, the, there comes the sting in the tail. It's just cut for one month, six months, and then it goes up again. So mm. it doesn't really solve the problem. Um, but I, I think there is some merit in it, um, given the pain that many households are now under. Obviously, lower-income households are hit harder because they have to spend a greater proportion of their budget on fuel. The other thing it can help do is that it lowers people's inflationary expectations. It's sort of economist jargon for one of the key problems with high inflation, that if you get high inflation, the longer it stays high, the more inflation expectations move up, which makes it harder to get back down. So if you can cut fuel excise, it sort of you know, reduces a high-profile price, and that can help keep inflation expectations down. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it comes with pros and cons, and I find it hard to see the government doing it. Inflation expectation sounds almost like a psychological thing. It is a psychological thing. Uh, basically, what happens is you can get these spikes in prices or inflation. <clears throat> Most people then might regard it as temporary. Mm. But in the 1970s, it, it, it sort of became permanent and, and locked in so that companies and Australians and workers all felt that high inflation would last. So each year they'd sort of allow for 10% inflation. They'd allow for or bargain for a 10% wage rise. Companies would automatically raise prices by 10%. <clears throat> Once that happens, it's a lot harder to get inflation back down again. And if that occurs, we'll end up with permanently higher interest rates. And, of course, as the Reserve Bank governor keeps pointing out, higher inflation does hit, up, hit low-income earners a lot worse than it hits high-income earners. Uh-huh. Of course, the flip side in all of this is that I reckon there's a big slowdown in the economy coming I guess we go through next year because of the pain caused by high interest rates. So I'm not so worried about inflation expectations, but you know, if you want to keep them down, one way to do that is to cut the fuel excise. Tell us about what you reckon is going to happen then. So a big slowdown. What we're talking recession? Well, the risk of recession, I think, is very high. I, th- I think it's it's around 50. percent The reason we've been spared one this year, or one of the main reasons, is the population growth has been so high. So the average Australian is spending less. That shows up in the retail sales data and elsewhere. Um, but there's more of us. There's 500,000 extra immigrants this year. Um, sorry, that we 
um, weren't expecting. Yeah. Um, well, we are only expecting a much smaller increase in immigration, and total population has gone up by 600 and almost 650,000. Yeah. It's a record increase. That's Can... adding to demand in the economy and, and, and preventing it sliding into what you'd normally define as a recession as measured by economic activity. But on a per-person basis, we're already there. Um, but I, I think the risk of an actual measured recession occurring next year is around 50-50. It's actually quite high. Mm. Can I just hone in on, on a point you made there? So we weren't expecting migration levels so high. How can we not be ex- expecting what we predict to open the borders to? I mean, it's our door. If we open it, do we do we not close it when we get to the number we expect or have budgeted for or allow? That's a good question. I think one that confuses many people. There's two aspects to immigration numbers. There's people people are granted permanent visas. They're permanent migrants. I think the target there is set at 190,000. Yeah. Once we reach that, you know, we're pretty full. Yeah. But then there's uh, others who are granted, you know, visas for more than a year, working visas for more than a year, or students. And they're often here for the long term, and rarely do those numbers go back down again, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, and that's also been a big factor driving the numbers up to return foreign students. But the net effect, whichever way you cut it, is that the population is being boosted by you know, an extra 500,000. Um, uh, and that's adding to demand and adding to pressure on our infrastructure and adding to the cost of housing. Um, I sort of think, well, okay, why can't they control those? those longer-term visas that are being granted, yeah. even if they're not permanent migrants. So that, that is a good question, uh, and I think it's a, a reasonable question to ask of the government. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you did to go back to the May budget, the prediction for immigration this year was 400,000 people, um, and now we're looking at 500,000. If you go back to the budget in March of last year, the forecast for this year was just 180,000 people, mm. and we're now around 500,000 people. So whichever way you cut it, the numbers have come in well above what the government was assuming or forecasting, and you'd think that, well, that's something they should have control over. It's not like inflation or yeah. employment, where they only have an indirect impact on those things. You'd think they have direct control over them, because... Yeah, well, exactly. So if we're handing out too many, what, we've printed up too many and don't know what to do with them? (laughs) It sounds like we've gone from an extra... You may recall 18 months ago, uh, all the people who used to handle the visas, they'd been laid off or moved across to the health uh, portfolio through through COVID. Mm. Uh, And then the processing of visas was painfully slow. Uh, That was then sped up. It looks like we've gone from one extreme to the other. And unfortunately... Um, like I'm a big fan of immigration. I think it's been great for Australia, but you can have too much of a of a good thing, and that's what's happening here. And and people are paying for it in the form of uh, higher rents, uh, yep. higher house prices, and even higher interest rates. Yes, as I was mentioning just there, we are doing our bit on a, on an average Australian is cutting back their spending. Yeah. Uh, but there's just lots more of us. <laughs> the spending is still growing, and that's adding to demand, adding to inflation and therefore adding to interest rates. Yeah, indeed. And interest rates likely to go up. I see the Governor of the Reserve Bank hinting at that uh, in the last 24 hours or so. There seem to be some hints coming from the recent comments uh, from the RBA. I, I don't think they're as uh, strident as they were a month ago prior to the last hike, but they're certainly warning of a high risk of another hike. 
and I'd say we're getting close to 50-50. There is some as to whether there will be one or not. Uh, a, key that, a key indicators for next week from retail sales figures on Tuesday and inflation figures on one Wednesday, they will be key indicators going into the next RBA yeah. meeting, which is early December. So if those numbers are on the strong side, then odds are we'll get a December hike. I, I, I tend to lean to the view they'll actually be on the soft side and we'll we'll avoid a bullet there, but you'd have to say the risk is high of another hike. I, I do worry, though, that they end up going too far. Yeah. Um, and we knock a lot of Australians over the edge and we end up with that uh, recession uh, risk going even higher yeah. into next year. Will the Black Friday figures be included in the retail figures? They probably won't, will they? They won't. Uh, they will come out in the next set of figures yeah. for November. Uh, we know that those Black Friday figures have distorted things because Australians are now bringing forward their Christmas shopping. It used to start in December. Yep. Uh, and then the big sales were the old Boxing Day sales, but that seems to attract less fanfare these days. We're now going down the American path. We don't have Thanksgiving. We don't take a long weekend yeah. on Friday. Some Americans do, but anyway, that trend has now come to Australia. Uh, and it will boost uh, retail sales this month, November. Yeah. But it won't, you won't know that till later. But I, I think it would just be a temporary boost. And, and, and people t- trying to take advantage of sales, more people are trying to do that because they're trying to make ends meet. And what do you do? You look for lower cost yes, options. Of course. You, you look for the sales. You do more shopping in a discounter as opposed to a uh, you know, regular boutique or a department yeah. store. Um, and so even if these these Black Friday sales are strong. It doesn't necessarily mean the economy's going well. It's been sign of people trying to save some money. Indeed. Shane, fascinating discussion. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Matthew. Dr. Shane Oliver, AMP Chief Economist.